0: Emily is unable to be with us for today's podcast episode because she is flying to another location around the country, redefining fashion. She sends her love and will be back soon. However, I know you're going to be totally intrigued with today's guest. I first heard about Christy Ferguson from an episode of St. Louis on the Air, as she was talking about the Mency Project at Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. Christy is an instructor of English language and literature at SIUE. She's part of the Women's Studies faculty and is the project coordinator of the Men's Sea Project. Welcome, Christy, to Clearly Speaking the Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're
0: able to make some time today. So I know I just kind of briefly, you know, did a quick summation of... uh, the things that you are known for at SAUE, but uh, could you just give our listeners, if they filled like any holes that you need to put in there, that would be awesome. If there's Sure, there,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so I have been uh, at SAUE one form or another since 2007. And uh, I actually got both my undergrad and my grad degrees there. So it's really like a second home for me. I raised my daughter there. Uh, I really love it at that university. Um, and so when I started teaching there, it was almost like a dream come true because I was really excited uh, to be able to teach there. Uh, and then in uh, 2017, uh, I had a, a cancer scare, which is what mm. led to the Menzie Project. So okay. um the the project itself uh began in the spring of 2018
0: okay so, so you know i did not tell our listeners what the oh. MENCY project that's, right. is. that's on that's on me too so we should probably like say what what that is all about and then okay. uh, cancer scare x y z will probably make i went it. backwards no that's all right it's totally fine so yeah so if you would just let our listeners know like what the bensi project is
1: yeah absolutely so um, the Menzi Project is a menstrual product sharing program. Um, and uh, the goal is to, one, make menstrual products available in every bathroom on campus at SIUE, um, and to make them available for any student, faculty, staff, or visitor for free at any point. Okay. So, when I, the project itself, basically, it's just a handmade. Uh, fabric bag that I I make them myself. Uh, It hangs on a command hook in the bathroom with a little sign and I fill them. Um, It started as me filling them and then it became uh, student groups filling them with donations that they brought in. And then it became, uh, now it's the university has to fill them uh, because the state of Illinois passed a law that requires them to have these products for free available um, in every bathroom. But the project itself, it really just started uh, very simply with something I was going through. And right, right. So, forward, so, so you
0: you actually Provide you you hand make these great little bags that hang in, and inside those bags are tampons or pads or anything that you might need uh, for your menstrual cycle and period, and you don't you don't charge a quarter for it. It's not it you're not asking for donations to be left or anything like that. It's just totally free for whoever.
1: So the project. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we co- collect donations from anybody who's willing to offer them and then of, of products. We've never accepted money. We just get products from people. And then the uh, student groups also do donation drives. And then they bring to me all the stuff that they brought in and then they take what I have stored up and they take it to the bags and refill the bags. Um, we've never guess... <laughs> sorry <laughs>
0: it's okay I'm just um, one of the things I just think about is like how you know I don't menstruate anymore uh I, do I. I, that was taken care of surgically about uh, tw- uh 10 years ago and uh but prior to that I mean if you didn't have the pad with you or the tampon with you you would have to hope and pray that there would be a machine and and I and I know that we all have have said this phrase and we all know what this phrase means when you're in a restroom or and you hear somebody say a woman say you have got to be kidding me yep (laughs) you know that right there she has started her period or they have started their period and they don't have the product
1: Mm -hmm. you know
0: it caught them off guard and so what a lifesaver
1: what a I mean, of anxiety I, that they, no one has to go through anymore. I literally the next day when I, because I, I started in just one building because I just had some leftover after my surgery. Okay. You're start um, with- and I was, yeah. So I, yeah, I had full hysterectomy um, because of a uh, cancer scare mm-hmm. and I had all of these products because I had PCOS. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely never knew when I was going to start. I never knew how bad it would be. Um, There was not really usually any kind of warning. So Mm -hmm. I had an entire drawer in my office with, you know, an outfit and, and all the products and all the, everything that you needed. Um, So then I was like, what am I going to do with these? You know, I don't need them anymore. Um, I was like, I could donate them somewhere or whatever, but there wasn't that much. Right. So I was like, yeah. I'll just put them in the bathrooms. Okay. So I put them in some Ziploc bags and hung them on the wall with tape with a little sign. Um, and I just did it in my building. And uh, there's, that was like four bathrooms at the time. And before the end of the day, I had had an email from a colleague that was super excited about it. And I was like, she's like, look at what somebody did in the bathrooms. I said, yeah, that was me. <laughs> and she's like this is so awesome are you going to do it everywhere and i'm like uh sure why not and it really just pff, exploded
0: it, for me it was total grassroots wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and now yeah. the state of illinois requires it and all the universities mm-hmm. uh, did like do they do you think they got inspired by your project
1: So I I have been told that there was some inspiration there from my um, project, but also from others, um, because there are other projects similar to this at other universities, I believe. Um, I've had others tell me, you know, oh, we started something like that on our campus, or we want to do this on our campus, you know, how do we get started? Uh, So, I mean, it was already, it was already something that people were doing, Mm -hmm. um, and when that law shifted, he actually signed the law at our university. Um, I wasn't aware of it until after the fact, though. So that made me very sad. Like, I think I got an email like 15 minutes before he was supposed to be on campus and doing it. So, um, but I've been told that my project was a part of that inspiration, but I don't have anything that, necessarily back right. that up. Like right. Well, um, I mean,
0: it's it's expensive to menstruate. Gosh. It's very so expensive.
1: Expensive doesn't like it almost doesn't even cover that. You know what I mean? So I worked with um I worked with another nonprofit in St. Louis at one point running a thrift store that also had a um, pantry in it. And that pantry had clothing, hygiene products of all kinds. And Was one of the working, things that, were you
0: working with unhoused people?
1: Yes, anybody who needed it. Yes, well, anybody, anybody that needed them. But I had many, many people um, who were unhoused that would uh, come in to see me because there was a shelter down the street, um, and it was not. It was a very, uh, it was a, a a neighborhood that seemed to have been struggling. I think that's why they put the thrift store there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so we had, you know, use gently used clothing and shoes and toys and stuff for uh, really very low prices. And then we also had that pantry where you could come in and get anything you needed for free. You could even get clothes, shoes, whatever. If we have it and you needed it, um, you could get it from there. And every single day. I would have someone come in once they, once they realized we were there every single day, I would have someone come in asking for those products, um, and, and a place to use them. Like they could come in and use our bathroom. Um, and it was always fully stocked with what they needed because they, it was the one thing that really, they couldn't find as easily. Um, people don't think to donate these things to shelters the way that they should. They don't think about, especially if they don't menstruate or have never menstruated. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it's, and it's a very expensive item. So it's really difficult for them to, uh, to get a hold of those things. Often using things like, um, you know, fast food napkins, paper towels that they find in a, you know, a, a bathroom.
0: Yeah, I mean, think about those times we were all, all caught with our, you know, our proverbial pants down mm-hmm. or tampon less because we started and you know I've I've had mm-hmm. to make do with and wrap your wrap under, my underwear with a, with a toilet paper, mm-hmm. right? You know, put that a uh, you know hoodie wrapped, you know, tied around my waist. Um, you know, and thankfully some, sometimes that happened when I was a, a younger person and uh, you know, my periods wouldn't be so heavy. But boy, when I got older and, you know, after a few babies and I just I'm sure of our listeners are just so excited to hear about Michelle's old menstruation. But issue. They,
1: but you know what? They need to hear about it. And that's, that's another aspect of the project that I really, um, love. It really just opened up this conversation about menstruation on campus. And we've been taught so much that it's a taboo subject, that it's private, that it's gross, that we shouldn't be, um, discussing it with each other or whatever. But yeah. the reality is, is that, you know, a half of our, uh, uh, half of our world menstruates, right? So if we don't talk about it, that makes it more difficult to deal with it in a safe and clean manner. Um, and it also forces us to, well, it forces us to feel things like shame about the things that our body does without it, you know, without any, um, without any repercussion, right. It's constant, you know, Ooh, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Kids, you know, making fun of each other—that kind. Of, I mean, all of those things.
0: Yeah, I remember um, one time I it was pre and I had been—I I had just terrible periods towards the end, where I could be doubled over in cramping pain. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was given birth. I would, you know, just lots and lots of blood, and and I knew that there was no way I could live like that. Till menopause hits, you know, at that point in time, you know, maybe a minimum of ten years away, and I knew I mm-hmm. couldn't. And one time, I was on, uh, I was on my period for the entire month of March, and mm-hmm. um, I was like, "This is, this is un, this is unlivable." And I'm a housed person, and I'm thinking, "This is unlivable. I can't imagine," if right. some you know, a person who's unhoused and. Um... But I remember going to jury duty. <laughs> I was called for jury duty. <laughs> And I get called for voir dire and I'm sitting there and it, and, and, and you know, that telltale feely mm-hmm. and I had on some denim jeans and I just went, Oh my fucking God. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I knew I, and I didn't have anything with me and I, but I lied to the judge to get out of jury duty. I made up some kind of like story with my s- child being sick at school and I had to leave because there was, because I was too embarrassed to say, I'm sorry. I just, I'm bleeding through my pants and I need to go home because I, would they have let me,
1: I don't know. Right. And, or would they, how would they have treated you? Right. right. Um, you know, the whispers and the, you know, I mean, even just the other like jurors. Right. It and embarrassing. we all have those stories. Like we all have those stories. Right. <laughs> and so I, I actually, I feel you. Like all of those things that you explained, my PCOS was out of control. I had been trying for easily 15 years if not 20 to get them to agree to give me a hysterectomy. Even after I had my daughter and I said, "Okay, that's it. I'm not having any more kids. I'm I am in a happy, loving lesbian relationship. We're going to get married when we are allowed to." And we and uh, you know, like I I I need this is not livable. Like you said, it's yeah. so, it's painful. It is uh, sporadic. And sometimes it goes on forever. And sometimes it doesn't show up for months. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to handle that. Um, and I kept getting told no. I was told things, I was, at first I was told things by male doctors, things like, you know, hey, uh, you know, what if your husband decides later that he wants to have another kid. And, you know, those kinds of things, I I had those conversations so many times. Um, I had one doctor tell me that they couldn't give me a hysterectomy because it would make that part of my body less stable. And I would be more prone to breaking things like my pelvic bone, I guess. Um, Anyway, I mean, even... Even female gynecologist. I mean, I saw so many gynecologists in my life, but the, I finally got um, approval because I had endometriosis and they were afraid that it was going to become cancer.
0: That's and the only reason. Otherwise, yes. otherwise, you'd still be here today with your periods. Yep. Yep. That doesn't, you know, that's, that's probably an episode, another episode, but just mm-hmm. that's offensive, you know, it like is. It people, was awful. people can go in and get their boobs done and you know, get, get uh, their faces done. Why, if you don't want your uterus anymore,
1: why should you have to keep it? Right, and I mean, any man can walk into a doctor and get snipped, no problem, to get a vasectomy. Any yeah, man can go yeah. and get a vasectomy, it's unlikely that they're going to tell him no, right? Well, you know your wife, who's still carrying around her uterus,
0: or their uterus is someday might want to have a baby so you need to go ahead and keep that vas
1: deferens intact right <laughs> like yeah so the whole that all of those things you know duality no
0: actuality it should be like you guys need to be snipped until you're ready to become fathers and then we'll reattach everything. that would make and so then much sense. then you can have me. babies then you can make really? babies yeah when yeah. you get to be a certain age but anyway i digress i digress but women uh, or menstruating people,
1: mm-hmm. I know that
0: I'm get, getting better, menstruating people who are miserable should have the option without any bullshit, mm-hmm. have the hysterectomy, you know, to be done with it, because it is difficult to survive when you, when you have PCOS or, Mm -hmm. you know, really heavy bleeding or you're cramping and you can't, you can't get out of bed because you hurt so much and everything. And when you have that much pain, I know listeners, you, you understand this. When you have that much pain in your abdomen, everything is affected. You know, it just, you can't, you're, you just, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that I was a little bit like, um, a little bit nervous before I had a hysterectomy like, well, what if I, will I, you know, miss it? Will I, will my orgasms be different without the uterus and you know, all this sorts of stuff. And, um, and then I had the hysterectomy and you recovered from it and orgasms for me were the same. Mm-hmm. And then what was so beautiful was the fact that it was like, I no longer have to try to plan my life around my period. Nope. I can travel. I can go anywhere. I can go to parties. I can swim. I can do all of these things and never have to worry that I'm going to bleed. Mm-hmm. Un, like, uh, uh, like out of the blue kind of stuff.
1: And why should we have to worry about that so much anyway? Well, because those products are not easily available. They're not. Right. So Even the machines that exist still today how many of you, I mean, do you, does anybody really carry change around with them anymore? Um, like, and do they, and then then you get it and it's that junky cardboard applicator that doesn't like, it's just. It's and such an if, afterthought for so much. And, and the, you know,
0: not every not in every menstruating person uses or wants to use a tampon or a pad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the cups, the diva cups, and other things that are that are their choices to use. And the only thing I mean, I don't know if you put diva cups because I don't know how you would do that in a in we a,
1: don't. I've actually talked to companies about that. Uh, yeah. I I reached out to Diva Cup, the Moon Cup. I think there were a couple others too. And this was a few years ago and it was, and then, uh, I also had, I had reached out when I was running the thrift store as well. So that was 10 years ago. Okay. Um, and cause I thought, well, you know, what if we had them available for unhoused people? Um, and they yeah. said that they didn't recommend it because that means that they don't have anywhere They're to cleaning. clean it up. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the same, like, I I haven't. um, I'm not saying that won't have them available because I'm actually working on an expansion of the project. Um, But as of right now, we put pads, tampons, liners, and wipes in the bags. Nice. Nice.
0: Have you heard from any of your students, your menstruating students, on how how it has changed their lives?
1: I have. I actually have heard from. uh, I've heard from people from the community that just visit campus. Mm -hmm. Um, I have heard from students. Left and right faculty members. Um, I mean, even even the facilities management, the janitorial staff. They all like they will. They've reached out and told me that how excited they are about. And it's it's amazing to me that something that's just seems so simple made such an impact on our campus. Uh, It really, you know, it opened up uh, this dialogue that then eventually led to us being able to have them in all the bathrooms, not just, you know, women's and non-gender specific. Um, so, I mean, that, that plus the, the law that went into place, like we really, um, I feel like last year we really shook things up when we made those, put those things in there and in a really good way, we had some backlash, but we, We stood strong and made our and just made it very clear that these are products that are needed by everyone. And uh it it's not really about, you know, gender. It's not really about, you know, men's room versus women's room. It's about you're in a restroom um, and you don't know what the person next to you's body is doing. You don't know. Do, yeah. you don't I mean you may think you know but you don't so why is it so offensive to you that there's a bag in that bathroom with tampons just in case someone needs them or pads or whatever so uh, I'm just I'm really grateful that we were able to make that happen and the little bit of backlash that we have had we've yeah. you know faced it head That's on good. and from what I understand it's things that have been going pretty well
0: yeah. I was uh, touched when I visited my son's uh, college up in Iowa. Uh, he goes to Coe College in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and this was after we had had our first conversation. Uh, but when I walked into the uh, the women's room, um, there was a basket full of you know products, tampons, pads, things like that, and I remember just thinking about how how kind I just, I see as an act of kindness because, because it's just like saying to somebody, I see you, you might need this and this, and I'm just, it's like a, I don't know. To me, it's just like an act of kindness because, because it is expensive. And, and I, and I have such hope. I uh, I have such hope for, for how our society can change because we're doing things like Putting uh, menstrual products inside the bathrooms and having mm-hmm. starting this conversation or having this conversation, and as opposed to when I was in college, it used to, or early married days, it was always like a sign of how how cool was your boyfriend or husband if he would go we to the store buy and buy the, your pads <laughs> for you or get your tampons, and then it was like an act of act of pride on their part. Yeah, I yep, I'm I'm man enough. I don't mind going to get those
1: pads. Yet yeah, Nobody gave me a high five when I went out and bought condoms when I was young. You know what I mean? Like nobody was like, Hey, way to okay. you go. You're such a great girlfriend. Like, <laughs> way to go. Um, Look at you. Look at you. And You're that, you know, here. those acts of kindness, like for me, those little acts of kindness are what actually push things to change in a smaller area. Right. So, you know, when I started this, like and the the signage that we have up now today still says, you know, take what you need free of charge or leave a few to help others, right? So it's about those small acts of kindness. You have a couple extra in your purse, just put them in the bag. You never know when you're going to need one, right? Um, You don't have to bring a whole box and like pass them out all over the place, just the bathroom that you frequent, right? Um, And, you know, uh, opening up a discussion about period poverty and reminding people that, you know, humans menstruate, not gender, right? And those small things, you know, those small discussions, that small act of putting a couple tampons in the bag, you have no idea how much of an impact you could have had on one person by putting that tampon. Right. I mean, would I have stayed at jury duty if I had had access to, you know,
0: some product? Possibly. You know, if it was not a, if it was not a kill me over cramp day, but um, when you said, I want to clarify a little bit for our Mm -hmm. listeners, when you use the term period poverty, could you expound on that for us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So period poverty is um, a lack of basic menstruation supplies, right? So, or excuse me, a lack of uh, hygiene facilities, a bathroom, somewhere to go, or even education about how periods work. Okay, so this period poverty is something that is not not necessarily always about money. It's also about access. It's about discussion um, and it's about education. So, for instance, period poverty is a pretty serious issue for the LGBT community because, one, we have a much higher rate of of young people ending up uh, unhoused because of their sexuality or their um, their gender. Uh, representation. And so because of that, then this becomes something that's difficult for them to, uh, to get right, to get mm-hmm. tampons or pads, because even if you walk into a food pantry or a shelter, that does not mean that they're going to have them, yeah. um, <clears throat> because they're expensive and then, uh, you know, hygiene facilities. So just having access to a bathroom, um, you know, this could be something where we're dealing with, um, maybe some more rural areas or even uh, in other countries, or it's something that we have to recognize that not everybody has access to running water, a toilet, a sink, you know, paper towels, toilet paper on a regular basis. So then why would they also have access to these things? Yeah, Um, Yeah. And education period, education in, in our country is really, it's yeah. pathetic, to be yeah. quite honest. This is part of the growth of our program. I really hope that we can figure out a way to uh, transition our kids, our my students uh, that are interested in the group, to be able to go in and talk to, you know, middle schools and high schools in the area about their periods, about periods, um, because, you know, that yeah. Okay. They have their health class, but they still separate them by gender. Mm-hmm. Um, they still, uh, you know, say, "Oh, you don't tell them about this, and you don't tell them about that," um, which only makes that even harder. Like how, yeah. you know, if we don't, if we don't start including um, everyone in the discussion of what our bodies do, then, um, you know, they're never going to be able to be just comfortable with the fact that it happens.
0: Or to be an empathetic, an empathetic human being or a compassionate right. human being to somebody yes. else. Right. Um, I remember, uh, I, one of the, one of the things that I find is pretty common among menstruating people is we sit around talking about the, remember the first time you got your period? <laughs> like, the, the traumatic experience that you had <laughs> right and <Yeah. laughs> I mean we we all have all, a story we all have our story and uh mine I was down at my grandparents in uh Florida and uh I had my mom had sent. I was spending the summer with my grandparents my mom had already packed me a bag full of you know pads or something you know because she she had anticipated that it was going to be I was going to become a woman soon, which was making me cringe as a, as a sixth grader, you know, summer before sixth grade, I don't want to be a woman, you know? And so, so I, I started and I, of course I went through all of the products. I probably overchanged, you know, because you're not, oh, yeah. you don't know what you're supposed to do, but then I ran out and I was still, I was still bleeding. And so I had, I had to ask my grandmother. Then we went to the store and we both stood there looking at the aisle and the, on all the shelves. And she's like, so what do you want? And I'm like, I, I don't know what I want. She's, and she goes, I haven't had, a I haven't had a uterus. I didn't to me like when I was 30. And she's like in her seventies now, yeah. I don't know what to get. Like I don't know what to get a lot of tears, a lot of you know embarrassment. And I, I think I bought state, I had her buy stay free because I recognize it from my mom's closet mm-hmm. And then, and then, of course, we get home to my grandmother's house, and she calls my mom, and I'm mortified. I just want to just die. I just want to tell you,
1: Michelle had her special visitor. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! And that that whole she's becoming a woman now. That that. Is, that's part of the miseducation, right? That's part of our this kind of ingrained idea that you know this is only something that affects women, right? And yeah. it, and and the belief that that we have to like be you know that that embarrassment, right? That that feeling that you're like, oh my god, I want to just die. I can't <laughs> believe this. Oh, there's What am I supposed to do now? Everybody's gonna know. Grandma's gonna tell everybody, right? Oh, Um, guess what happened? You know, my granddaughter was visiting and she had her first time.
0: Period. And you're bingo and everybody's like, oh, yay, (laughs) congratulations. Oh, stop. And you're trying to hide your face. No, Grandma, why did you tell everybody?
1: It's nothing to be embarrassed about, sweetie. We're (laughs) happy for you. Stop it. Oh, it's so painful right and it was thankfully we could laugh back. they knew that it was painful but like it was just I, yeah yeah. so yeah. I have
0: another friend even like top my story she was telling me about her first time her first period and uh, she was upstairs in her, her upstairs bathroom her house was a two story and she got her period and she screamed for her mother mom She's like, blood curdling. And her mother stands at the bottom of the stairs and she says, Elizabeth, you know how I feel about yelling in the house. (laughs) And
1: she's like, Mom,
0: Elizabeth, we don't yell. And so she finally just screamed, you know, and her mother came upstairs then, you know, and it was just like, That's just not the way you behave in my home. You cannot scream at the top of your lungs. But but when you're a sixth grader and you don't know why you have all this blood that's shown up and in your pants or in the toilet and you think you're dying, I think you're gonna forget the rules of the house and you're gonna yes,
1: scream right? for your mother. <laughs> and that I mean, and that's part of the lack of education that we have, like that's part of it, right? That yeah. even even mothers, you know, are are often have difficulty talking about it um, or, or grandmothers or whoever it is that is, uh, you know, handling that situation. Right. So, yeah. you know, think of like, a, you know, maybe a single father who's never dealt with something like that before because he was never taught, you know, how to like what a period is or how it feels or, you know, what kinds of products that, that his daughter may need. You know, it for him it's like okay, uh, I'll 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 go I'll go get you what you know and comes yeah. back with an entire cartload of stuff or whatever. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. education just very simple things so that everyone knows that this is normal. It's not something that you need to be shamed for. Yes, right. And I, I
0: and I'll go ahead and and share this other piece of uh, education with our listeners. It wasn't until I was 16 that I realized I did not have to take a tampon out every time I needed to pee. (laughs) I I thought that it plugged it all up. And I, and then till one time I ran, I was swimming with some friends and I ran to the bathroom and I didn't quite, I couldn't, and I peed and, and it was like, wow, I don't have to take that tampon out to pee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes a made life
1: a lot easier. <laughs> I love and like I love seeing now, like I don't know if you're at what kind of social media you kind of get on or anything, but for instance, on TikTok, I see videos all the time of women trying just talking to their boyfriends or husbands or fiancés about um, you know, uh, about their period, right? And there's yes. this kind of air or attitude like whatever, it's not that big of a deal, right? Um, and then they hand them a tampon and ask them how it works. (laughs) And they they are like take out of the package and they're so confused. They have no idea. They have never touched one out of the package. They've never seen one. Right. Um, So then she shows them by putting it into a bottle of water so that it sees how much it expands and the faces that these men have, like, like I can't like really seriously that, it that that, happens. How, how do you do that? How do you handle that? And then there are also these, um, and I really, I kind of want one. <laughs> what? What <do> want? <laughs> it's one of these machines that like you put it on your belly, uh, and it, it like produces like that cramp, like feeling. Oh. Um, and so, so it shows that a person like what menstrual cramps have the ability to feel like, right. Oh, that would and be so, you know, um, they, they have like their boyfriend put it on and he's like, whatever, I can handle this, right? And within seconds, he's like in tears. Oh my God, stop, you know? Yeah. And it's on level three. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I feel like there is a more ongoing education about this stuff with even just as we become more comfortable talking about it, we become more comfortable calling people out that don't understand it. Yeah. and me helping them understand it so mm-hmm. and even if we do it in a way that's you know hilarious and and on social media um it still makes that impact right that right. it is unlikely that after wearing that um that shocker thing uh that makes you feel like you're having cramps that he's going to be like hey can you help me like you know throw this tire in the back of the truck and go run and blah blah blah, blah while she's curled up and then telling her that she's not, that she's, faking it. get over it, right, you you, you take some Tylenol, like, that kind of thing, like, you'll see, I I truly believe that we'll see change, even in the way that um, men recognize that pain, recognize what women are going through, Um, and in order for us to understand more directly, you know, how our partner feels, right, ask those assumptions, and and uh, recognizing, you know, why would I, why would I lie about being in so much pain? Like, yeah. why would I lie about it? Yeah, there's Me. usually
0: like a, a, another underlying um, uh, symptom of a relationship at that point in time. But right, mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's other times when, you know, when you're in school, you're all like, maybe I'll, hopefully I'll get my period so I can get out of gym class. You know, there were a few things that way, but most of the time, I mean. It serves its purpose. It's, you know, it's a uterus. It's designed to um, hold other, you know, growing human beings and perpetuate the species. But there is a lot that comes with it. There's a lot that comes with menstruation and and being a menstruating person. And it's more expensive to be a menstruating person than it is to be a non-menstruating person. Uh, we pay more at the store for uh, our always with wings. We pay more for a super plus tampon versus a slender sports style. And Mm -hmm. it's just cotton. And they, and they know that we are a captive audience Mm -hmm. and they will charge what they can get away with. And when you are faced with um, you know, bleeding through your clothes at you'll pay whatever you need to pay to get that to, you know, for that, for that pad or that tampon or, you know, and so yeah, to just be able to have those things for free in a restroom mm-hmm. when you're at college or God, wouldn't that be nice if we could get to that point in all office buildings? Mm-hmm. Think about how, about that, right? Or, or just all of it, the, wherever there's a public restroom, have,
1: have menstruation products available. Um, I mean, I literally carry my, I carry bags and uh, signs and products in my vehicle at all times. And I have offered to put up a bag in random bathrooms and uh, other local organizations, especially if they um, cater to, uh, you know, uh, kids or our. It, even especially they cater to like community connection, right? Okay. A community organization. Okay. Um. And so for like, for example, in um in Staunton, which is, I don't know, about 40 minutes from here, um, that's actually where I grew up. And my mm-hmm. best friend put in a an art studio there uh, and they do a lot of uh, free stuff for kids in the community, that kind of thing. And I have a bag there in their bathroom and they get people often saying things like, hey, that's a really cool idea, you know? Um, so I really do hope that if not the Menzi Project, other projects that are similar, or even just people that are like, hey, I'm going to stick a basket in our bathroom, right? Yeah. Um, you know, recognizing that that is, it's a simple way to make people feel more comfortable. Right. And uh, comfortable about themselves
0: and what their body is doing and, any any of those things, and it just it's just like we said earlier, it's just like a small act of kindness, and and I think it's just awesome. This is a result of you finally being able to get your hysterectomy, but like having all this product, what can I do? Your your forward thinking, your community outward focus, and and the and the domino effect of it. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. freaking awesome.
1: It it is. I I'm very proud of what the the project's been able to accomplish. And you know, now that the university supplies the uh, products for the on-campus bathrooms, now those donations that my students work so hard to gather will also go into the community. So I'm specifically because we faced um, uh transphobic issues early on by when we put the bags in the men's rooms. You know, we really want to. Focus on uh, the queer community. So mm. right now, I'm I'm working through research, uh, making connections with uh, organizations in the general area. Most of them seem to be in the St. Louis area um, that uh, either house house people or uh, help them with the things that they need. Um, so I'm reaching out to those kinds of organizations that focus specifically on the LGBT community because I think that. Often again, often these things are forgotten when um, dealing with a much larger social issue. We forget that they're also very small, th- things that feel very small to us that could be very, very important to their progress. And access yeah. to these pro- products is part of that.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: how did
0: uh, how, how did the, the higher ups? I mean, I know they have to do it now, but did you did you have to, Fight. Um, I know. Since most of it was maybe your own money and your own donations and stuff, but did you have any
1: pushback from the administrators? I so, think collectively. I mean, you know, right. Like, so the, the biggest issue that we had. Well, first, when I was in undergrad, before the Menzi Project was a thing, uh, we suddenly came to campus one one day, and all of the product machines that were in the bathrooms mm-hmm. were removed and replaced with a sign that says something like, uh, feminine product dispensers are located on the first floor. (laughs) Um, So they had one one product dispenser in the women's room on the first floor of each building, but the rest were removed. We never really got a straight answer why that happened. So access on our campus had really gone down. Um, So when I started putting this out, um, the first set of signage that I had because it said something like, uh, the first set of signage I made said something like, you know, because period emergencies are are emergencies. Um, and you know they may not was, happen
0: in just the first floor restroom.
1: <laughs> right, right. Um so that was my first uh, set of signage. And it wasn't long before I started getting messages from facilities management about, you know, hey, uh, you know, most of the um, buildings were fine but there were certain buildings that a college campus is kind of weird in they have you know certain contracts for I I don't really know how it works but there were certain buildings that I wasn't allowed to put anything on the walls so then I had to come up with you know a way for it to be like in a basket or something so it didn't wasn't attached to anything and so that was really the first pushback that we got, but we figured it out pretty quickly. Beyond that, they've been really um, helpful. And when, when it became you know, uh, necessary uh, legally to put these things in the men's rooms as well, there wasn't really anything anybody could say to stop me at that point. Okay. So they reached out to me. Wow. And they found out that was going to happen um, and said, Hey, you've been doing this all all along anyway. So, you know, do you want to just expand and we can work it out from there? And I was like, that's great. So all last um, semester, they really helped. Like I went back and forth with them and we um, worked it out. And I think that we're sticking with the bags for now, but I think that eventually in the men's rooms, we're going to have to get maybe in all of the bathrooms, but in the men's room specifically, um, they make Machines now that don't charge anything, but the products are like in a machine, so the machine can't be removed. Because I've had bags taken, ripped up, thrown in the trash. Oh, um, like some some
0: anger directed yes, for the product. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. So and, um, and sad. that Yeah, it that, it was uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, was something I expected to happen. Would you? Um, but. Honestly, it was handled pretty quickly. Um, I, I don't know uh, what came of the student. Uh, if they found out who it was or, or any of that, um, they're not really open with that stuff very often. But the uh, the idea it's still it's still we're still working through the kinks to make sure everything um, is still available. And apparently, it's really just the main like the building where everyone gathers. Um, okay. where the, the food and everything is in the, the, oh, the like not, the cafeteria kind of place. Yeah. yeah. That's the one that we have the most trouble with baskets being, you know, taken or damaged or whatever. So we are in process of coming up with a way for that to not be able to happen. Um, but really that's, that's it. That's the only kind of pushback I ever really got. Um, which, which was wonderful because, you know, you never know what you're going to have to deal with when you shake the tree you know when you right. we we make people like,
0: like if, if you have this a student or a few students that have such a visceral negative reaction to some ta- pa- tampons tampons mm-hmm. and pads mm-hmm. in the restroom that they've got some they've got some issues they needed like and it might be good that it's being identified mm-hmm. now it, when they're in their we will say in their twenties, right. We we don't know who it really is, but let's just, if we're generally in their twenties, that maybe it can be addressed. It can be helped. There could be some therapy with it then they can expand and then become a really good partner to their part, you know, and a a good human being. Right. right?
1: And and the main issue is that this, that that kind of behavior, uh, because it was directed at the men's rooms is transphobic. It is, it is, very is absolutely going to make, um, you know, our trans students, faculty, staff and visitors feel threatened and uh-huh. that is unacceptable. Um, so, th- I mean, as soon as it happened, we were, um, you know, uh, multiple uh, multiple offices on campus uh, sent out, you know, hey, this is unacceptable. Um, you know this campus is an inclusive campus, and and I sent out something that was basically, you know, hey, we will not stand for this. Yeah. You, you can throw the baskets away, but they're going to reappear, yeah. and we're not going to stop. And the problem is, is that what is happening here is is um, directed at the trans community, whether you want to admit that or not. Um, and it's just not acceptable. And that's really why I shifted. Uh, as are not shifted. That's really why, as we're making these, um, you know, these this growth in the, the project, I really wanted to focus on, um, you know, LGBT organizations first. Yeah, because I want I want the Menzi Project to stand for more than just, you know, hey, here's some products Every you know, I want it to help people to recognize that periods are human. It's something that we do as human beings.
0: And I can tell you from after our first initial conversation and you said, you know, periods are human beings and, and, and you were like, you know, they're menstruating humans. It really made me know that this is not just a women's or girls issue, right? It is mm-hmm. it is a human issue. And I appreciate I appreciate just that little shift in my own conversation, in my own, my own perspective and the way I we speak of things. And I know, so I'm just right there. Yeah. You, you have you you have impacted me. Just that one little statement there.
1: Well I'm um, glad because that, <laughs> and those little and those little those little acts of kindness like you said make such an they they make so much more of an impact then those much larger ideas sometimes with this, yeah. very, especially at this age, like I'm dealing with mostly people that have just graduated high school, you know, uh, within a yeah. few years. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, you know, you're, they're at an age where they're trying to figure out like, what is important to me? What am I passionate about? What do I want to do with my life? Um, And, you know, that's what is really exciting is that when students reach out to me because they, um, saw the Menzi project and it made them happy or it helped them, or they got excited about it. That means that I've sparked some sort of inspiration in them or they just reach out to me. Right. Think about what if, what if it's a, a menstruating student
0: and, and that person had had a final that they had to take And they had gone to the bathroom and there wasn't any product that, you know, didn't have it available. And they started their period and they were ashamed, embarrassed, and they lived, they didn't live on campus. They were a commuter or they could. And so they, they didn't go take their final and they failed their class. And then they, they're so embarrassed and humiliated about that. So they don't come back to school and then, you know, just on and on and on, like it could be this snowball effect or it could be they arrived on campus, they have a final to take, oh my God, their period came, they went into the bathroom, there's product, they were able to take care of themselves, make sure that not gonna be a problem, they're not gonna be worrying about it, thinking about it at all, they could focus in on their final or their exam or whatever it is and they do well and then they come back the next semester and then they move and they graduate and they a happy human being. And it just, I mean, the snowball in a positive way, and that could just be one person yep. who you've never seen, but you, but just by that project, have made that such a difference in that person's ability to be successful in
1: life. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know,
0: and and, and it's, it's small. It's a small thing. I think if our, our our listeners are, you know, are probably inspired. Like I, I would challenge our listeners to go into every every public restroom that you go into. Take a look around, see if there is menstrual products available for Mm -hmm. the for the human beings that are using the bathroom, right? Just check. Mm -hmm. And I bet you that you will probably find, and I'm talking globally now because we have global listeners. I bet you 90% of all the restrooms uh, or water closets or public toilets or whatever you want to call them, um, don't have menstruating project products. 90%.
1: Mm-hmm. So Probably, that would leave
0: yeah. globally, right? That would leave ten percent would have a vending machine, or or there's bathrooms, or something like that. Which means there's a lot of work that could be done.
1: Absolutely, opportunity. Absolutely, and I think that it's become more and more and more common that we're having these discussions, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that is really, uh, honestly, that that is really the way that it will that it will spread, that it will snowball into, you know, general community um, action, right? Well, yeah, I'm starting with college students because that's where I am. That's where I work. And that's where you Um, can affect
0: the change. That's where you can affect mm, the change, right? Right.
1: Yeah. So then as they get out into the world and they recognize these things, then they can, you know, make that effort for themselves or for their area or whatever. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really... You know, we you go into a restroom and you expect there to be toilet paper, soap, water, privacy, right? Paper towels. Right. Yeah. So why can't we also expect there to be products, pads and tampons? You know what I mean? Right. One of the things that you mentioned the pushback. And I just remember that, like one of the pushback issues that I had. Was really more of an argument from general, like general community members more than okay. anything. Um, and that was, you know, well, what if, uh, what if somebody just takes them all? Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, That they took them for a reason, right? It's not like they're going to go out and like sell them for a nickel a piece or something. Like they took them because they needed them. And that's the whole point. And if they go
0: out and they sell it for a nickel, they'll realize that this is real, this is not, I'm not making any money. And everybody's going to know that I'm the person that goes in and takes the free stuff and sells it for a nickel. And And like, but if that person, I mean, that person might come in and say, you know what, I can, I know I can get, I know I can get, you know, five tampons here and I need five tampons. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: And now that's uh, the uh, the other. Because I'm not coming back to class for a few days. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm I'm on my period. I need these because I'm not going to be on campus or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's why they're there. And now because my the donations that my students bring in or other faculty members bring in um, now because they don't have to go in those bathrooms. Um, they will also. I'll also have a cabinet. Um, I haven't figured out exactly the way that it's going to work yet, but there will be full month supplies available for wow. students and faculty that need them because wow. they're. You know, we don't always just need help right. in the moment, right? Um, and so my goal then is to make uh, make it uh, make it available. people to be able to get their monthly supply if they need to with whatever we have and then um all but also you know a portion being going back out into our community to support that as well for the emergency that they can help they can help um in a in a grassroots way they can help their fellow peers but they can also help um so many others yeah
0: yeah so if um Our time is is rapidly coming to a close, much like our period, right? (laughs) You can count on on our periods, right? Being clockwork, an hour long. Sure. But um (laughs) (laughs) if if our listeners are so inspired to replicate this project. Or to reach out to you to get more information. Like, how can they reach you, you know, or, or learn oh, more sure. about Absolutely. The
1: Menzy so, um, the Menzi Project has a Facebook account um, and a TikTok account. And then okay. we also have, um, we also, and then you can also just email me at chrferg at siue.edu. Okay. And I'm happy to help any way I can. Um, the bags are super easy to make, and I mean, even the fabric that I got for the bags was donated. The fabric okay. and the ribbon that I used to make the bags was donated by the art the by the Mac, the art place that I was talking about in Staunton. Um, yeah. The Mac yeah. donated all that to us so that we could make these bags. So if, uh, I didn't have to invest any money in any of this.
0: Nice, nice. And if our listeners are inspired and they are not in the St. Louis region and they're somewhere else, like, what would you say? How, what would you tell them to do if they, what's in, What's within their power as a menstruating human being or even a non-menstruating human being? We have some of those that listen to us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what's? What do they have within their control to make this kind of difference what would you say
1: well number one you have a voice right so you can talk about the things that are happening to you or to others you can talk about period poverty you can research that and 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 understand it better yourself um but you can also start something like this just in your own home or your own college or your own work right so if you're a person that has lots of friends over, put a basket out in your bathroom that's tampons, pads for everybody, right? Um, You work at a corporate office that has lots of bathrooms, right? Couple on each floor. So you make little bags or baskets and you put them in there, right? Um, What's the worst that's gonna happen? What's the worst that's gonna happen? Somebody Somebody throws it away, somebody takes them all, right? Um, And, you know, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, you don't have to put a lot of money into things. Usually, if you know any artist at all, (laughs) you know other artists that can get you fabric. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: So, I mean, it's just about, hey, I want to do this. So, let's just put in a little bit of effort and uh, see what happens.
0: And also at the at another level is you could go to the store and buy a bag of tampons, a, a box of tampons, a bag of pads, take it to mm-hmm. a food pantry, any yes. place that services, unhoused folks. I mean, if you mm-hmm. want to make a difference like that and you're like, ah, I don't want to put something in my book, I'm not going to be at the office or, but I'm really moved. And I mean, cause this is an issue and, and it would be, it would be great. And I'm sure the pantries and, and shelters and other service organizations. Oh yeah would be grateful
1: for that kind of donation as well. You know, feminine. anytime I've talked to anybody who volunteers at a food pantry, mm-hmm. they uh, that's the first thing that they're like, really? Like you have pads and tampons for us. They are very excited because it's something that people just don't think about providing. Right. So anytime you can, if you're feeling inspired and you, you know, you, you, have the funds to do so or you want to inspire your friends to donate a bunch and you all take them and, and provide them to your local shelter or, uh, or pantry or other organizations that specifically help people Do it. yeah do it. I mean, yeah. just you, you would be shocked at how how a couple of boxes of tampons will turn somebody around and make them realize that people care.
0: Yeah, well, Chrissy, we are so fortunate that you are in our region in the St. Louis area and that you care and that you care. We are just long grateful. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you've you've um, you know, been a, a big inspiration and helped possibly be, you know, the, the ringleader with how the state of Illinois has a new law. So I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of cool, positive things. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me here at uh, Clearly Speaking. And, um,
1: I know and it's, it's exciting, you know, when you start doing these kinds of things and you recognize that you made an impact, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it is, Hopefully. It is amazing how excited I get when I get an email from somebody that says, thank you so much. You saved my night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And thank you so much. You have saved a lot of people's nights, days. And um, and we're, we're I we're we're just we're just very grateful for it. So I will keep in touch and I know yes, I'll put our things in the in the show notes for our listeners. But um, you know, this is this is really great and um, I appreciate you taking the time tonight. So, yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you. All right,
0: all right, we'll talk to you soon. And okay. for our listeners, if you have any questions, you can always reach us at Cliterly Speaking at gmail.com or our Facebook or our Instagram. We don't do TikTok yet, but I guess we're gonna have to. But uh it's always been a pleasure and we will be back very soon. You guys continue to take care of yourselves and we'll talk to you